Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. And this episode brought to you by studio.com. That's S-U-D-I-O.com. Check them out for the latest in Bluetooth earbuds and headsets. Again, studio.com. Enter code Mighty Marvel for 15% off. Do not attempt to adjust your device. This is Extreme Freedom Audio Bulletin. It cannot be traced, it cannot be stopped, and it is the only free voice left in the geek revolution. And welcome to another episode of Weeby Geeks. God, I almost said Mighty Marvel Geeks. I don't know why. I don't know why. Um, another episode of Weeby Geeks. It is the the terrific trio. So the Warriors. Warriors. Three. <laughs> I'm kind of liking Terrific Trio. Uh, if we do that, I don't know. It's the Warriors Three, Terrific Trio, whatever. <laughs> the three of us. It's the three of us. Just the three of us. All right. Okay. <laughs> I knew we could make it if we tried. Oi. It, it's, <laughs> it's Derek, Brett, and myself, the survivor of listening to Keepers of the Fringe while mowing and not cutting off any appendages, Mike. <laughs> That's good to hear. Way to get yes. that in right at the beginning of the show this week. <laughs> or on your July 2nd episode. That, that could be a lawsuit. <laughs> it's not my fault. Real warning. Yep. <laughs> I know a good uh, lawyer for you, Mike. You don't need pain. Uh, Huey, Dewey, cheat him in how? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to let Chris know you were listening. I always I listen. Them. <laughs> it's usually when I get the most time in. That's why we always uh, give you a shout out. <laughs> it's, be- it's almost becoming a bit. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> it's a show you can mow to. <laughs> there's your there's your new uh tagline tagline yeah <laughs> the show you can mow to <laughs> so i'm actually i'm gonna ask i was at the comic book shop today that's not a question get into it <laughs> don't make me get the mower <laughs> now, now i'm gonna have to find a lawnmower sound effect i was just thinking that i'm like i'm gonna have to play that on the, on the next episode of keepers of the fringe <laughs> I, I know I've got someone. I, I've got one somewhere. I just don't want to go looking for it right now. Um, Is it a lawnmower man uh, theme song? No, I actually oh, have. Oh, oh. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, but we got to be careful about that because of all the the copyright mm-hmm. protections. Um, so you're at the comic shop. I at the comic book shop. And I saw the new Captain America, number one. Oh, yeah. Uh, obviously, Avengers will be worth picking up. Um, I'm probably going to do the the digitals with those, only because I just don't have the space, and I think I'm staying focused now on mainly Star Wars. But it's Jason Aaron, and who knows how long he can run with this. Because mm-hmm. the, the last Avengers title I picked up ran 44 issues. I don't remember who did that. The last what? The last Avengers title was before Secret Wars. Was it Hickman? Might have been Hickman. Might have been... Bendis? No, it wasn't Bendis. Might have been Remeter or Remeter. Because I also was reading Uncanny Avengers at the same time. 
Oh, it was I that twenty. That. It was that twenty fifteen run. I was loving both of those because I tried New Avengers. Ugh. Avengers World. That was Bendis, I think. Ugh. Avengers, Avengers Ar- World. Yeah, there was one. It was Avengers World. Uh, there was Avengers Arena. See, I didn't like New Avengers because too much Illuminati involved with it. <laughs> like, uh, I hated that story arc. I hated that. I don't know too. why you hate the Illuminati so much. I just, it, I just did not like the way it felt to me. The the way it read, it, it, it wasn't. It's just. It's not that I couldn't understand it. I just couldn't get into it. And I just didn't like the way it was done. I see. I didn't mind it so much. Um, Can Marvel cut it out with the number one issues already? Well, I think... So it's like every month it's a new new uh, reboot of number ones. This got Amazing uh, Spider-Man number one and Hulk number one and everything's yeah. going to number ones. But if well, you t- technically the Hulk is a different title, but well, uh, yeah, the Immortal Hulk. Hulk. Yeah. yeah, but if you look underneath, like with the Captain America, it still has the legend number. Mm. Uh, of what of the continuation? I guess it's, it's going to be double numbered. Yeah, you know, number two will have what the, and then underneath so it lame. will be the continuation. I, I I agree, but they're they're reaching because DC is kicking their their butts. Yeah. So I guess the question is: Is, is the new Captain America will would it be worth grabbing? Even at a digital level, I haven't really been liking Mark Wade's run on him. I don't very much. I don't think well, Wade's that. doing this one. It's Tanisha Coates. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Then it might be then because I haven't. I didn't like uh, Wade's run. Um. I know Avengers is, and with that, see, I almost wish Marvel would do the same thing as they do with their comics, with their graphic novels. I'm paying the 25 bucks. You're already doing, setting the precedent, pay four bucks, get the digital copy for free. Do the same thing with the trade paper. If I'm buying the trade paperback, give me a digital copy of it, too, mm-hmm. at this point. Hey, we're doing that for a while. They stopped doing it, though. Yeah, because mm-hmm. trade pa- the, the trade paperbacks sit longer than, than the issues. And, of course, the codes are only good for, like, a year, year and a half. Mm-hmm. So, but so I'm assuming neither one of y'all have read it. Nope. No, I think I've uh, just read the Titans uh, and uh, Champions. I think are I've read from this week so far. Okay. Speaking of Titans, I know Chris and Derek talked about it briefly over on Keepers. When's the digital service supposed to drop for DC? I thought it was sometime in August from last I had heard, but I'm not sure the exact date or if they'd release it yet. Mm. I remember back when I was still a regular on the show, we were doing, no, I don't we were do talking that. about um, them making comics available on it. Yeah, they yeah. are, yeah. Just gonna, so I tell you, don't, you don't remember? No. Nah. Yeah. I'm not sure about <laughs> if, I, if it would be worth it or not. <laughs> With the the uh, picture, I don't. The more I'm reading about it, it almost seems like it might be. Yeah, if they if they do the animated stuff, that would be awesome. If they mention a price, not yet. I don't think. Not yet. Okay. Well, I will say um, for Swamp Thing, that's Huma, Louisiana. Oh, thanks. Having lived <laughs> in the state, so it is Huma. It is Huma. 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 It is Huma. Huma. Yeah, that's hummus. Hummus. Which may be popular there. I love hummus. Believe it or not, I actually, was, I was I've inter- only had it once. It wasn't bad. 
if you hummus? Can, if you can find it fresh, oh, it's great. Love hummus. Uh, fresh Market has a a their brand of hummus is pretty good. Sabra's okay, uh, but if you can find it made fresh. Oh, man, that's the way to go. Now I got to look up how to spell hummus so I can put it in the uh, write-up. <laughs> H-U-M-M-U-S. Yeah. <laughs> but Derek never has these problems. <laughs> he has to do the write-ups. Uh, how much wouldn't be in the write-up if, if Derek not doing it? Nope. <laughs> and the word huma. Huma. Mama. Yes. Huma. It's not a tuma. It's huma. <laughs> huma. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't. I didn't. I didn't. I just looked. I don't see a release, a release date or a price on the stream service. But they probably are going to have some kind of announcement at uh, San Diego, I would imagine. Yeah. Which is next week. Mm-hmm. God, that's coming up. Can't believe it. It seems uh, like every year it seems to come quicker and quicker. Yeah. It's usually what third third week in July is mm-hmm. where they're hitting consistently. Yeah. Uh speaking next week while we're there, there will be no show next week. Um had to do some scheduling work around and then my work schedule totally screwed things up. As much as I'm gonna love the overtime, the overtime pay, it's uh yeah. Mm. <laughs> it's gonna mess things up. Mm. So, uh, now that we got that out of the way, I put out there on, on the Twitter verse, Hey, we got a, we're doing a show tonight with no guest <laughs> surprise on that one. That five week run has come to an end. Yeah. I was sitting there and all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, we don't have a guest tonight. I better find some stories. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, almost, I almost texted you going, uh, what are we doing this week? There's no guest. <laughs> But uh, I will say uh, I, I'm almost in that habit of wanting to go, hey, here's a copy of this Rogue Warrior robot fighter that we have. <laughs> Hi, Tracy. Shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> it's, no, it's not shameless. It's a, it's if you like independent films, if you like sci-fi, it's a great film. And Neil's going to love us for those comments, too. So, oh, yeah. Apparently, Tracy's been putting out some some nice looking t shirts on Amazon. Yeah, I saw that. So, oh, yeah. and, and Neil Neil uh, liked one of my uh, posts for Keepers of the Fringe. So, thank thank you for that, sir. He, he's well. We got to give kudos to Marilyn, who's been plugging like crazy as well. Last week's episode, which thank you because I've been so busy, I haven't plugged yes. it myself. Uh, <sighs> It's craziness. It's what happens when I've got a niece and her boyfriend moving in with us next week. Yikes. Starting next week. Mm. Um, but no, William's been great. Uh, been posting all, all over the place, our stuff. Uh, so I just want to say thanks to William, Neil, Tracy, and Marilyn, which I will be ma- emailing Marilyn about what we talked about after show, mm-hmm. about a potential guest for the show. Uh, that's coming. I I'm just hadn't gotten there yet. <laughs> Um, but no, I want definitely big thanks to, to that crew for, for all the love they've given us and for coming on the show, uh, four out of the five weeks because they were awesome. They were fun. Yeah. Yeah, they were. They were absolute fun. And, and we, I still say William for Dracula in the next Blade movie or, or in the Morbius film. I'm not, I'm, I'm saying, but not saying. Uh, maybe. That's, I can see him as Dracula. I don't know about, no, not that I've heard of yet. There is going to be a Morbius movie, but. Yeah, we just don't know casting. If not, how about Dracula for, for the next Blade film? That would be cool. That would I be awesome. See that. I still see William doing it. 
He, he could be an interesting twist. That modern day Dracula. Yeah. Yeah. What, what Blade? Yeah, I could see that. They do a, yeah. a modern twist to it. So, um, but we had on Twitter, like I was getting to, uh, <laughs> gentleman by the name of, as I find it, where did it go? David Sinclair Smith suggested something we talk about, about Billy D. Williams in episode nine. Well, starting us off tonight, as we are quite a ways in to begin with, um, Billy D. Williams, according to The Hollywood Reporter, which... A lot of people are taking as this is as close as Lucasfilm making the official announcement. Uh, Billy D. Williams is reprising the role as Lando Calrissian for Episode Nine. Um, chatter about Williams joining the production, which is set to begin later this summer, uh, increased in recent days when the actor bowed out of an upcoming sci-fi and pop culture convention, citing a conflict with a movie schedule. Okay, someone IMDB him. Let's see what's showing as upcoming projects. Sources confirmed to The Hollywood Reporter that Williams is indeed returning to the franchise. Okay, at this point in time, is Star Wars still a franchise or has it become an establishment or an institution? Uh, I don't know. See, I would say at this point in time that I would rephrase this as Billy D. Williams is returning back to the Star Wars institution. I know that sounds like Psycho Ward, but I would put Aliens as an institution as well and dress in the Jurassic series slowly becoming an institution as well. And yes, you could go Friday the 13th as an institution in more ways than one. So, not to interrupt, but I just looked up Billy D. Williams on IMDb. Uh-huh. Uh, he, he, here's an interesting thing. At the top of the list is Star Wars Detours. It says 2019 TV series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it says that Star Wars sound- Episode 9. Well, we talked about detours was being, the copyright was being, or something was being renewed. Right. Uh, and so- what it. Oh, let me find out what, because I asked Tom about this, or not Tom, Todd. I asked Todd. And then after that, the next thing is Batman is just not that into you. <laughs> I love that title, in which he's playing Two Face. Okay. That an animated, that's an animated series. Uh, and actually, I think it's another Lego animated movie. Yes. So, um, back in June when we talked about this on on Wookiee Radio, I texted, (laughs) I sent Todd a message going, so detours may be coming to life after all? And his reply, we'll see. They had to renew the trademark because it was going to expire. You never know. Mm. So I said, here's hoping it will be on the streaming service. Sounds like it. That's where it might go. It's 2019 streaming service for Disney. So um, it sounds like that would be the cool thing to do. But Indeed it does. Um, so to, to continue on, so no other movies, just the other animated movie, the Batman animated? Mm-hmm. So Detours in the animated, Batman animated. Yep, and episode nine. Hmm, interesting. Which, of, of which the Batman movie is, of course, just a voice. He's yeah. going to voice a two-face. Yeah, but an animated feature, he could still be recording for a, for a while. True. 
detours is already done. But um, anyhow, it's Williams has in recent years returned to the role that fills his appearances on the convention circuit by voicing Calrissian in various cartoon series, a.k.a. Star Wars Rebels and video games, which I'm not sure which video games they're talking about. Battlefront, maybe? Battlefront, probably. Battlefront 2. I'm sure it's probably listed. Um, and of course, the character is one of the more popular characters in the solo movie. Um, so episode nine is being directed by J.J. Abrams and is reuniting most of the cast with the rumored Carrie Russell jo- possibly joining. Uh, this film is set to open December 20th, 2019. And looking at the side-by-side picture of current Billy D and Billy D from back then, that's going to be an interesting Lando. Indeed it is. So, um... So, yeah, and thank you to David for the suggestion on what to start off with this week. Yes, thank you. So, and that sound is Brett drifting in and out. <laughs> At first, I thought we offended him somehow. He hung up on us. <laughs> He's is he coming back. Um, but before we go on, check out um, an affiliate of ours, studio.com. They make some great, awesome Bluetooth earbuds and a pair of Bluetooth um, headphones that if the Bluetooth dies out, you just plug a regular cable in and continue on. So you either hook them up to, to your adapter for your iPhone or straight into your Android that has headphone ports, as Android people tend to like to rub that in. Um, also, too, they've got regular earbuds that connect into, you know, for Androids as well that are not Bluetooth. So check them out. It's studio.com. Use the code Mighty Marvel uh, for 15% off your purchase. Anyway, let's go ahead and move on to the next story. And then we may have to take a technical pause, which for you, the listener, is going to just seem seamless. For us, it's going to take forever <laughs> as we find out what's going on with Brett. So let's go ahead and hit uh, the Joker story. Well... I'm glad you asked, except you didn't. (laughs) So those of you who are faithful listeners of the Keepers of the Fringe podcast that I do with my friend Chris. He's a great show to listen to while mowing. Exactly. Thank you. Uh, May recall that we have discussed the possibility of Warner Brothers, DC Warner Brothers, doing a Joker film starring... Is another name I have trouble with. Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. Well, you, <laughs> you know, Joker needs more cowbell. I couldn't remember if it was. I remember the first time we talked about this story. I couldn't remember if it was Joaquin or Joaquin or what. <laughs> anyway, are you no, joking? It's Joaquin. In this case, it's Joker and Phoenix playing the Joker. Ah, yeah. That so was, that was bad. That was bad. So uh, looks like it is officially a go at Warner Brothers. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix recently finalized his deal to star as the Joker. And the movie looks like it's set to begin in shooting in September in New York. Uh, Todd Phillips is directing the film, and he also co-wrote the script uh, with Scott Silver. And the studio uh, describes describes the movie as being an exploration of a man disregarded by society that is not only a greedy character study, but also a broader cautionary tale. Uh, So they don't have a release date for the film yet. Now, will Uh, will this tale be as old as time? It might be. (laughs) 
Would it be uh, Beauty and the Beast? It might be. <laughs> uh, if the Joker starts singing, I'm going to be very angry. Um, uh, that would be the Jared Leto. Uh, <laughs> which I don't even want to talk about, but Still, that might be a thing. Yeah, two Joker movies coming out about the same time. What yeah. the... Well, there, there isn't... There, uh, this Joker movie is meant to be different from other comic book superhero movies. How about in the fact that, first of all, he's not a superhero. Um, so the, the budget is set in the $55 million range, Ooh. Uh, which is significantly, significantly lower than your average comic book movie. Yeah, it is. Uh, superhero movie. Anyway. And standalone is meant to be darker and more experimental in tone and content, uh, which they're describing as being akin to a crime drama. <laughs> but you know, it's Batman, so it's okay to be dark. It is, but, and it's the Joker, so it's okay to be really dark. But we don't even know if the Batman is going to be in this movie or not, which is weird. I, I'm almost okay saying no. I think I would be as well. Actually, I would be okay with it if they did something similar to, like, Rogue One, and Batman shows up in the last five minutes. At the, yes. Yeah, I agree. I would be okay with that. Take and, heed, Warner Brothers. Take heed, DC Comics. And, if you're listening to us... Instead of that other show that's got janitors. <laughs> Maybe we should send those guys a message just in case. Yeah. Hey, tell Warner Brothers. So, of course, as we mentioned, they are also working on a possible second Joker movie with Jared Leto, who played the character in Suicide Squad. To mixed results. Yeah. Is the nicest way I could put it. <laughs> the movie that uh, Emma, didn't know how to end. Well, it's hard to have an ending when you don't have a beginning or a middle. That's right, I said it. The beginning wasn't bad. It wasn't good. It wasn't bad. It's just, oh, it we're going good. We're gonna give you the ending. Okay, maybe not. Oh, okay, we'll give you the ending now. Okay, maybe not. So, uh, back to the Joaquin Phoenix movie. Uh, Emma Tillinger Koskoff uh, is producing, and Richard Barata is an executive producer. Say that three so, times uh, fast. Executive producer, executive producer. No, executive. names. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> uh, so, there you have it. So, it looks like it's actually happening. Now the question is, why is it? Is there a point to this movie? Uh, is it worth doing and seeing? And is Joaquin Phoenix going to be at least better than Jared Leto as a Joker? See, this is where it's going to get confusing. This is going to be supposedly a a origin film. Why is it going to be Joaquin Phoenix is going to look older than Jared Leto? I know. Well, the other thing is that it's going to be supposedly an origin and everything, but it's not actually going to be related in any way, shape, After or much. form. What the? To the Jared Leto Joker or any of the DC stuff that has come out thus far. So it's a complete separate movie on its own. So... Okay. What you know? That what is the point? It doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. It it just doesn't. Not at all. 
So, okay. Well, speaking of comic movies and Joker and whatever, uh, this was an interesting take. Uh, this is coming from We Got This Covered, which is a site I need to start reading more from. It's, it's cool how some of these stories ends up being more sites that I want to read. <laughs> um, according to a story by Eric Joseph at We Got This Covered, uh, Iron Man writer thinks Marvel and DC will eventually stop making comics. I don't like the sound of that. Um, knowing how superheroes dominate the box office and and how they dominate TV now now these days, you think comic books would be flying off the shelves? Well, they are if there's a tornado coming through or a hurricane like here in Florida. Um, but unfortunately, that's not the case. In an era where Black Panther, a character previously unknown to the mainstream, um, can can tra- you know can bring in a successful, highly successful theatrical run, but can't still can't turn over periodical sales. Um, it, it's safe to assume that people care. Not many people care to read anymore, which is intriguing. Which is also sad. Yeah. So speaking of which, um, it's been, you know, how, you know, according to the author, he's saying, I've noticed how each successive generation enjoys sitting down with a good book even less as such bookstores are closing left and right. In addition, magazine racks are growing smaller with each passing year. To quote Egon Spangler in Ghostbusters, print is dead. Well, with everything being so digital these days, I, at this point in time, before hitting the, the article some more, I think it's, I don't think comic books are going away. Mm. I think we're going to see less print comic books, which unfortunately, <laughs> what's that going to do to the local comic book shop? LCS is going to have a whole new meaning. Local collectible shop. Yeah, really. And of course, place your source for back issues. But if, to me, that would drive me nuts if it goes all digital. Because mm. then it's like, oh, I want to be able to say I own, you know, like I'm doing now, I own every Star Wars comic that Marvel's put out since its release, since it's come right. back. I want to be able to go, here are the boxes of those comics. Not go, oh, here's the here's the comics, and they stopped at this point, and here's the rest of them all digital. I still want the physical books. Even though I do tend to read them digitally, I still want the physical books. Yeah, I like collecting comics. I mean, eventually there's a resale with the books. Right. And having a complete collection is great. Like, I've got a complete run of, I think it's the 2015 or 2012 um, Avengers. The one that led, that ended right before, with like issue 44, right before Secret Wars. Maybe 2012. Uh, I think I have that entire run. As do I, yes. And to walk in and go, here is the entire run of Avengers. I'd be willing to pack them in, in a decent box and ship them to an eBay buyer if they if someone wanted it. Mm. I'd make it happen. I mean, how, how many? I mean, I've got the entire run of of the of Vader Volume One from Marvel. I'm I'm working on Vader Two as it's going. I'm working on Afra as it's going. I'm working on Star Wars as it's going. But I have the Thrawn Mini. I have the right. I have the Solo Mini. I have the che- Chewbacca Mini. I have the Lando One Mini. I have the Leia Mini. I have the entire Kanan series. I got Phasma. I got Maul. The physical copies. I have that most expensive free comic book de- comic book day book C three PO. 
the one shot. I got the droids one shot. Well, yes, I have these digitally too, so I can read them at work and not ruin my books. There are times I crack the book open here at the house and go, let's read, shall we? But, um, but there's still some that are not wanting to give up on the comic book industry, though. Uh, famed writer and author, artist of the classic Iron Man, Demon in a Bottle, uh, Bob Layton, isn't uh, afraid to be brutally honest. Sounds like I need to get him for Mighty Marvel Geeks. Mm-hmm. That could be a hell of an interview. Uh, in Sounds fact, like it. what he said of the industry makes a lot of sense. And of course, this this quote comes from adventures and poor taste uh he goes sooner or later marvel and dc or dc warner brothers or disney will look at the publishing arm as diminishing returns both of them have the largest reprint libraries in the world i mean think about it when's the last time you saw a mickey mouse comic (laughs) true mickey mouse is the most popular character globally most known character they don't make comics of mickey mouse anymore Once you climb the rungs of the ladder and become part of the lexicon, you push the ladder off, you're on top. Uh, Layton continues uh, with some more points. Um, talking, you know, especially, you know, like with Black Panther, he touched on the, the meager cells of Tony Stark is able to muster on average and the character's face in the care in that character is the face of, Mar- of the Marvel Cinematic Universe because all this other stuff, Iron Man sells out, sells what, 20,000 copies a month or something. You think, you think they're even making a profit off that? Well, and the price keeps going up. Now we're competing with Netflix. When comics hit 17 bucks, they're dead. Because it was cheaper than a Netflix subscription and watch all the Marvel stuff on the cinematic universe. So I said 10 years ago when I saw the writing on the wall and not that I don't love comics, I do. Um, Now, he the author of this is is confirming more. To be honest, he's not wrong about the increase in cover price, turning off readers. Comics may be cheap individually, but very few of us only read one title a month. With three ninety nine now being the standard price tag, one can only imagine how long it'll be before that goes up. Yeah. Well, Star Wars number fifty was five ninety nine. The annuals tend to be four ninety nine. Um, I know when I picked up Tag and Bink, the the Legends title. That was released, making that kind of canon again. Uh, that was a seven ninety nine book. Mm. So yeah, sadly, it's uh. And, and DC didn't keep theirs at two ninety nine for long. They went. Aren't they going? Yeah, back no up? kidding. They have been there, yeah. and uh, yeah. I mean, I I have to keep cutting back my books because of it. That's that's why I'm mainly focused on on Star Wars. And today, I mean, I cleared out quite a few in my pull list, and I still got quite a few left in there. So I actually left a Doctor Afra title in my box, <laughs> but I I had to I had to get caught up in some of the others. Mm. Plus, I wanted to really finish the Thrawn trilogy or Thrawn series. Oh yeah, because that book that series is awesome. I'm thinking that's going to be mini series of the year. Or a contender mm. at the Weebies and, and the non-awards this year. But mm-hmm. continuing on, uh, I I don't know. I think if I think we've talked about. It, I don't remember with who. 
I know it's been talked about over on Mighty Marvel Geeks. If the books reflected more what the movies were at this point in time, and they did sort of like the old Star Wars titles did, the original Star Wars title. Hey, here's our four-issue adaptation. Hey, here's a bunch of stories for in-between. Oh, looky here. The next issue is going to start the Empire Strikes Back adaptation. Now we got stories in-between, which all eventually lead up to, hey, look, the Return of the Jedi. Adaptation that is still a part, even though it's part one of four numbering sequence, it's still part of the Star Wars. 120 something issues that they put out the three mil the three movie adaptations were built into the series back in the marvel days because the first four or the first four or six issues was star wars mm. the movie adaptation and it just went until you hit empire and then they they added empire into the the story you know the story timeline and then the next book after that takes place well you, you're not seeing han in the books that much anymore because he's in Carbonite. And I want to say, for those two or three years, Han was not in the comics. I don't think. I don't remember. I don't either. <laughs> Unless it was something he was rescued and then ended up frozen again back at Jabba's. I don't remember. It's been so long. But, but still... And then the books finally went on a little, you know, for another couple of years after... Return of the Jedi was done, and then they wrapped it. They could do the same thing in Marvel. Hey, let's do the Iron Man storyline. Oh, Iron Man 4 is coming out. Well, now we got the movie adept. We, we had the writer taking the script from the movie and adapting it to his style for the movie adaptation. And then let's throw in the rest. Unless you're going to turn around and say, well, the comic takes place before the movies. Okay, cool. Then specify that and really confuse your your readers. But give the look and the feel of the comics the similar look and feel of the movies. I mean, we are seeing that a little bit with Nick Fury being the Samuel L. Jackson look. Um, but everyone, everyone else is still kind of, it's almost a mix of the old con, uh, the comic look, movie look in the in the movies now, or in the comics now. Instead of just going straight. In some cases, yeah. So, I don't know, though. I don't either, but I, I don't know. That's that's the way I would do it. Is th- there needs to be some correlation between the the book and the the the, the book and the um in the movies because that's what the that's what new readers are coming to get is oh I saw the movie I want that look. Whereas for me, when I was going back to Batman, I'm like, here's what I read in the 80s. What's currently out that is similar to the storylines and what I fell in love with in the 80s. And I got told, oh, you want Batman Gotham or Batman Legends of the Dark Knight, I think was the title. Again, that's when Batman had like 15, 20 titles. And he's just one character Mm -hmm. as opposed to Avengers that's got 17 titles, 14. But that's that's pretty much that. I know you, you, you mentioned briefly your thoughts, but I will ask you again your thoughts on this whole thing it it makes me sad to think of a world with no more comic books yeah yeah but at the same time it just it's it just keeps getting too expensive yeah that that's the one thing about marvel that i'm liking though not that they're getting more expensive but you buy a book you get the digital copy for free Mm -hmm. So two for one makes it a lot easier for me to collect and and do the reading how I want to read. So anyway, we do have other comic news or comic TV related TV movie related news. Yes, we do. And 
again, this is another one we've talked about on Keepers of the Fringe. You guys should really check that show out. It's really good. Never heard of it. Uh, Actually, I've heard of it. I just <laughs> never never heard it while I was mowing. Yeah, the mower's so loud, it drowned. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> so, uh... And uh, what I'm talking about is, of course, Why the Last Man, which FX has decided to make a pilot for. Um, and they have just recently announced the cast for Why the Last Man. And we have uh, Diane Lane. Very interesting. Barry Keegan or Kogan, I'm not sure, from Dunkirk. Uh, Imogene Poots, Lashana Lynch, Juliana Canfield, and Marin Ireland, who will all star in Michael Green's adaptation of Brian K. Vaughn's fabulous comic series. Uh, Why Last Man, which is one of the most critically acclaimed yeah. comic book series of all time. Uh, was first launched by DC Vertigo in 2002 and revolves around Yorick Brown, the last surviving human with a Y chromosome, and his capuchin monkey ampersand. Uh, the series follows Yorick uh, after a mysterious plague as he sets out to find what might have wiped out the male chromosome. The series was written by Brian K. Vaughn and drawn by Pia Guerrera. And it ran for 60 issues as collected in multiple graphic novels. And uh, FX's formula, formal description is why traverses a post-apocalyptic world in which a cataclysmic event has decimated every male mammal save for one lone human and his monkey. <laughs> the new world order of women will explore gender, race, class, and survival. So Diane Lane is going to play Senator Jennifer Brown, a junior senator in her first term, uh, who has made a name for herself in political circles for her willingness to put personal ideals above politics. And she just happens to be the mother of Yorick, the main character. Uh, Kogan will take on the lead of Yorick. A young man quick to use humor to deflect from his problems who may be the lone male survivor of a worldwide plague, along with his monkey. Poots will Touch play my hero. Monkey. Uh, <laughs> it's, like him with, it's like him with Chris now. Uh, Poots, <laughs> Poots will play Hero Brown, Yorick's sister, a tough and confident EMT who nurses a deep emotional trauma that often leads her to cross personal and professional lines. Lynch will portray Agent 355, a Secret Service agent who performs the duties of her job with the utmost professionalism, even under the most unexpected circumstances. Uh, Canfield will take on the role of Beth, Brooklyn-based knife maker who grew up on a farm and went to New York to experience the big city. She finds something endearing about the hapless Yorick, and when they're together, there's the undeniable spark of two kids in love. Isn't <laughs> And Ireland rounds out the cast as Nora, the president's senior assistant and right hand. She effortlessly balances family life with a job navigating the corridors of power. So, uh, what was it? Uh, Michael Green. Hold on. Right. Michael Green and Ada Mashaka Kroll serve as showrunners and executive producer. Nina Jacobs and Brad Simpson of Color Force. And Vaughn, Mike Brian K. Vaughn himself, will executive produce and develop the series. Melina Matsukis will direct the pilot and executive produce the FX Productions drama. 
Cool. Um, and they do not have a release date for it yet. It looks like, but that's cool. I'm I'm pretty excited about this series. Should be very interesting. It's just, it sounds like it'd be fun. I never read the read the books. I I've only read like the first trade of it, but it was really good. This this sounds like it it can be an interesting thing. Yeah, I know it's it's one of the big. Um, one of the big books out there, you know, one of the uh, most famous, you know, high quality books. Right. Well, that's cool. Well, how about this? We got San Diego Comic-Con coming next week and Marvel Television and Marvel Animation have announced their plans, which I find odd. Oh, no, it'd be next year. I find it odd since D23 is next year. So it's Star Wars yeah. Celebration in Chicago. Mm-hmm. That makes sense, but um, Marvel Television and Marvel Animation are returning to San Diego Comic-Con, according to the press release, um, jam-packed with lineup of panel signings and fan-first experiences, including Marvel's Cloak and Dagger, Iron Fist, Legion, The Gifted, Marvel's Avengers, Black Panther's Quest, and the brand new project, Marvel Rising. Those books are interesting books. Um, so here's a highlight. On Thursday, Marvel Animation presents Marvel Rising from 315 to 415 in room 6D and E. Uh, Marvel Rising brings together the next generation of Marvel superheroes for this next generation of Marvel fans. And of course, the, the comic is the return of an all-ages comic to Marvel. Uh, this is your chance to be among the first to see a sneak peek of this group of powerful teens and their Avengers that are full of heart. Um, of course, there's also action, comedy, and powerful messages. Uh, join Quake's Chloe Bennett, or Quake, Chloe Bennett uh, from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, Squirrel Girl, Milana Van Trubb, which okay, let's get her the let's get that series out first. Um Miss Marvel Catherine Gavari, um Patriot Camille McFadden, um is that Margaret Scott is the writer. So. Court Lane, who's special vice president of animation and family entertainment, uh Marsha Griffin and Sana Amiat, uh, VP of Content and Creator Development, as well as some surprise guests for an action-packed panel. Uh, and then also on Thursday in Ballroom 20 from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. is Marvel's Iron Fist. Get an inside scoop of what's in store for Season 2. Uh, and it'll be Jeff Loeb and some surprise guests. Uh, I'll call it now. Hey, look, it's Iron Fist himself. Um, <laughs> then at 10 a.m. and we'll be on... St- Open, I guess, starting at 10 a.m. each day, starting July 19th, Marvel's Cloak and Dagger fan activation. What this is, uh, Freeform is bringing Marvel's Cloak and Dagger to the experience at Petco Park. Starting July 19th at 10 a.m., fans will have the opportunity to engage with two different interactive activations over the course of four days. Trying into tying into the divine pairing theme from Marvel's Cloak and Dagger, Freeform will recreate the iconic moment between the two leads, Tyrone and Tandy, when their powers interact. To recreate this, Freeform is fabricating a physical experience where participants are harnessed to a bungee that will propel them backwards from the force of their powers. This has lawsuit written all over it. <laughs> um, a slow mo, a slow motion recording will capture the moment, which will also include an overlaying effect that shows both the light and the dark energy emitting 
from the participants. Fans will have the opportunity to share their videos on social media. They can also stop by the Rexon, uh, the Roxon Corp station to create their own customized Roxon Corp badge and lanyard. Son of a... Each badge will contain a... Well, will include a secret code that is connected to a wide range of prizes from Sony PlayStation View and Freeform. After receiving their customized badge, fans will be able to pose for a photo with the Roxon Corp sign. Okay. Who do I know? Chances are these badges are going to have photos on it. Damn it. Probably. Damn it. <laughs> Uh, on Friday, the 20th, uh, in Ballroom 20, Marvel's Cloak and Dagger panel at 545, uh, San Diego will get a little taste of New Orleans. Meet the stars as they talk about the new hit summer series, um, which started watching. I, I'm liking it. Really? Yeah, I, I'm pleasantly surprised. Really? Yeah, I would like to see it move to Netflix, though, where they could get maybe a hair darker. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, they're trying, but they're they're giving it that typical freeform teen, mm, yeah. teen feel to it. Um, it's not quite there as, um, how, what was the show? Pretty Little Liars that my wife used to watch. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, it, it's good, but it, I don't want to say it's turned, it's not like Amazing Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man 2, where it's turned into a, a, a chip <laughs> flick. Right. I mean, Okay, with crap that has gone on in the various fandoms, I'm not saying it. To me, Chick Flick, Twilight was Chick Flick. Sex in the City, right. Chick Flick. Mm. They have their place. Don't get me wrong. And, and kudos to those fandoms, because I know Sex in the City has a huge fandom. Twilight has a huge fandom. I pick and jest. I mean, but if you came up to me and said, oh, I'm, I'm a Twilight fan, I'd go, no, I'm going to say jokingly, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, am I going to say you, you're not a geek because you like it? Well, jokingly, turn in your geek card. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna deny you're a geek. I'm just gonna joke about it. Sorry, vampires should only sparkle when they go poof, not in the daylight. But I mean, it it it, it it's just the it's typical freeform. Freeform is that that chick or cheek chic network. It's it's aimed at teenage girls or college level girls. I mean, it, it's that's the target audience. It's it's not driven for. It just seems odd to put a a Marvel show that's typically aimed for everyone in one spot in that type of spot. Right. So again, I, I'm enjoying the show. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> it's it, it's. I kind of started doing that too, where it, it got too adding too much mush into it, or love triangle, or stuff like that. It's, like, it's not needed. Uh, right, um, yeah. n- not in Cloak and Dagger, but uh, there's another show on Freeform I was watching, where where the girl, oh Stitcher, <laughs> not a bad show. Season one's great. Season two's okay. Never but heard of it. Um, on Saturday. Uh, in Ballroom 20, The Gifted, which I think, ah. okay, with Marvel, mind you, yes, Marvel has an interest, but how about this one? Oh, yeah, it does. It's already on Fox. Um, I'm thinking Legion, which, is, I'm, which I'm getting to. Um, <laughs> all these are about to become Mar- uh, Disney properties, and all are about to potentially come back under Marvel Entertainment control. 
because Marvel Entertainment runs runs this TV, while Marvel Studios runs the movies. All right. Um, so of course there, you know, there's going to be you know, Jeff Lieb again, um, and, and stars from the from the series, plus a, a sneak peek at season two. Uh, on Sunday, we've got Marvel Animation Presents, and uh, you'll get a chance to meet your favorite stars from the Marvel series, and they will be signing events throughout the weekend at the Marvel booth, which is number 2329. I'm sorry, the Marvel booth should be a permanent table zero six one six <laughs> just saying uh, i agree legion in hall h from 215 to 315 this is the first this is the only thing in hall h from uh, our wow. huh. well they said they were going to shy away from it i know but legion that's interesting yeah 215 um so all the things in hall h i wouldn't expect it to be that yeah so you know there's going to be more of what to look forward to from season three. Um, Now the autograph signing schedule is um, Iron Fist on Thursday, 2.30 at the booth, Marvel Rising at 5 p.m. on nothing on Friday, Saturday, um, Cloak and Dagger signing event, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. signing event, uh, Cloak and Dagger at 10, S.H.I.E.L.D. at 12.30, The Gifted at 3.30, and on Sunday, uh, Legion at 11.45 and Marvel Animation at 3, 3 o'clock. Cool. So uh, I would hope with the Marvel Animation, Vanessa Marshall will be a part of that. Maybe. We can hope. So um, trying she to is going to be at SDCC. Yes, she is. So at this point in time, uh, I guess on to some gaming news, which we haven't covered that often. Yes. Well, not only is it gaming news, uh, it's also Transformers news. Gobots. No, no Gobots. (laughs) So, uh, Power Rangers. Wizards of of the Coast (laughs) has announced a new trading card game based on the Transformers. Oh, that's Uh, cool. Yeah. And uh, like the tagline Transformers trading card game is more than meets the eye. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I hadn't um, heard that one before. Yeah, and early. So uh, the Transformers trading card game is a fast, easy-to-learn action battling card game designed for two players. You build a team of Transformer character cards and power them up with a customizable deck of battle cards. The character cards are huge, um, twice the size of standard playing cards, and can be flipped from bot mode to alt mode and back. They feature premium printing treatment on one of their sides. The deck of battle cards features action and upgrade cards to enhance the Transformers character cards. Uh, the, the, uh, according to Drew Nolosco, the Transformers trading card brand manager, uh, the TCG format lets us pull Transformers characters from across the brand's massive history. From Bumblebee to Sunstorm, the game is digging deep into the Transformers lore. We can even focus on different aspects of the same character. Optimus Prime, for example, is immensely powerful in combat, but he's also a master tactician. Uh, The Transformers TCG will let players explore the character's depth through engaging in tactical gameplay. So at launch, uh, you can get the following sets. The Autobot Starter Set, 
which contains cards for two players to begin gameplay and features Optimus Prime, Bumblebee, Ironhide, and Red Alert character cards. And that will be available on September 28th of this year. Awesome. Yep. Uh, then you can get the Transformers trading trading card game booster packs, uh, which you can add to your character card teams and battle card decks for full gameplay with booster packs. Each booster pack contains one Transformers character card and seven battle cards from a pool of 40 character cards and 81 battle cards total. Uh, the booster packs will be sold separately and will also be available on September 28th. You can get a first look at four cards for the Transformers trading card game in July with the Transformers trading card game convention edition, uh, which will have limited quantities available for purchase at San Diego Comic-Con and Gen Con uh, and through the Hasbro toy shop at HasbroToyShop.com. The Transformers trading card game convention edition contains two Transformer character cards, Cliff Jumper, which was actually my first ever Transformer, uh, the Renegade Warrior, and Slipstream, the Strategic Seeker, and two battle cards, All Out Attack and Tandem Targeting System, that are not available in the starter set or the booster packs. So there you go. Starting on September 28th, you can start playing the Transformers trading card game, which is kind of cool. Yeah. I like it. Very interesting. I like it a lot. (laughs) Well, here's one that's interesting. DC Giants is coming, and it's going to be exclusive to Walmart. Very interesting. Uh, DC Comics had to had to publish exclusive co- comics contents, and recently, uh, DC Giant Walmart exclusive. So I got something in my eye. Um, so the the retail chain is going to carry the books, according to writer Tom King. King is writing a twelve part exclusive story for the Superman Giant series, and tweeted about how ex- how exclusivity of the comics content was the price we had to pay with Walmart. My goal is doing Superman Walmart book. The Superman Walmart book is to put new customers into comic shops. You like this Superman? Go check out this Batman, King tweeted. Why exclusive then? Well, that was the price we had to pay to get this opportunity. I don't like it, but I think it's worth it. Uh, King's 12-part Up in the Sky serial is scheduled to appear, uh, scheduled to be drawn by Ad- Andy Kubert and will debut in September's Superman Giant number three. Additional exclusive stories scheduled are serials by Brian Michael Bendis and Nick um, Darrington uh, for Batman Giant, Dan Jurgens and Scott Eaton for Teen Titans Giant, Jimmy Palmiotti and Tom Derrick, Derrick and Superman Giant, Palmiotti and Paul Zelker and Batman Giant, Tim Seeley, Rick Leonard, Felipe Wannabe and Justice League of America Giant and uh, Amanda Connor, Palmiotti and artists to be announced for Justice League of America. Interesting. So, I I think that's it. Anything else? Uh, No, I think we covered everything. 
Well, it, it was nice having Brett on as brief as it was. <laughs> um, Good to know he's still alive. Technical issues abound. We kept him off. Um, but you know, we tried. We really did. Um, so don't be a stranger, Brett. Make it back when you can. Uh, any other final thoughts besides we're not going to have after it'll be two weeks before we're back. We'll be back after San Diego Comic-Con for a roundtable. Um, yeah, actually, there was one thing I had. Um, I just want to uh, send out my condolences to the family of Steve, Steve Ditko, who recently yeah. passed, a true comic book legend. Yeah, I think we talked about that uh, briefly on uh, Wookiee Radio last week, as it happened that day that we recorded. Mm. So Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, yeah. yes, our hearts go out to the Ditko family. Um, I I really don't think I have anything else. Nope, me either. Well, if that's the case. Want to know more? So, um... The bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a science fiction club? This has been a Weeby Geeks production.